Our uh, scripture reading today is from Psalm 51, verses 10 to 17. Psalm 51, 10 to 17. Hear the word of the Lord. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, you who are God, my Savior, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, you, God, will not despise. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's my pleasure to introduce our speaker this morning, Dr. Virginia Ward. She serves as the Dean of the Boston campus of Gordon-Conwell, as well as the Executive Director of the Northeast Region. Dr. Ward has an extensive experience as an urban pastor, a ministry organizer, a youth ministry expert. She uh, has served as the director of uh, Black Campus Ministries in New England for InterVarsity. She's been a consultant for them as well at the DeVos Urban Leadership Initiative. Virginia coordinated and coached uh, youth workers in urban settings like Boston, New York, Detroit, Pittsburgh, and other places. She served as a trainer and consultant to the Black Ministerial Alliance. She's actually also the co-author of the book, It's Personal, Five Questions You Should Answer to Give Every Kid Hope. And she also conducts research on ethnic and multi-ethnic youth and family ministries. Virginia's husband is Bishop uh, uh, Lawrence or Larry Ward, and they both serve as pastors at Abundant Life Church in Cambridge, and they have two adult sons. So we are so blessed that Virginia can join us this morning, and so grateful that you took a time out of your crazy schedule to join us, Virginia. We are just so grateful. Let me say a word of prayer for you, Virginia, then we'll hand it over to you. Oh, Lord, we are, uh, we are so grateful, Lord, for your word, and grateful, Lord, that you want to lead us and guide us, and we ask your blessing now on this time. Lord, Holy Spirit, come upon Virginia in a powerful way that, uh, Lord, that you might speak through her to our hearts. Give us each receptive hearts that we might be able to hear what you want to say to each one of us. Do your work in our lives through your servant this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Dr. Virginia Ward. A few years ago, I hit a wall. Something was eating at my heart, and it was difficult to get at the bottom of the issue. I attended a conference with my husband in New York by Pete Scazzaro. It was called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And I realized that the issues that I had were actually rooted in my heart. So I began a journey inward to figure out what was happening. What were the matters of my heart? One of my mentors invited me to conduct an exercise and she gave me a heart box. And this is the actual box that she gave me. 
And she told me to go into my garden and to find a few rocks, which I did. I went into my garden and my yard and found a few rocks. And she said, I want you to wait before the Lord and to ask him, what are the issues? Where are the stony places in your heart? And then she invited me to label each of those stony places and to put them in my hot box. And so as the Lord revealed them to me, I got my stones and put them in my box. And then actually on the label of this box, inside the box, I had a sticky and I labeled each stone. Stone number one was anger. Stone number two, low self-esteem. Stone number three, pride. And I listed what was in the stony places of my heart. And as I prayed, and as God began to do a heart work in me, when it was time, I would remove the stone from out my heart. And eventually I got to the place where those issues were addressed and my heart was empty. I believe this Psalm 51 that was read for us today, it was David's process of addressing the stony places of his heart. Today, I just want to talk with you a few minutes about matters of the heart. Now, the word matter I'm defining as a subject under consideration. So there are some things that we need to consider this morning. And I believe the Lord is inviting us into considering this morning. And the heart, I'm not just talking about the vessel inside of us that pumps blood throughout the rest of our body, but really the crux, the inner core, or also as it's defined in Proverbs at chapter 2, verse 10, as the essence of the self the essence of the self and the spring from which a person's life proceeds. So the essence of ourself, and it's also the spring from which our lives proceed. Just a few thoughts about Psalm 51. David is the author of this particular Psalm and several other Psalms. It's actually a Psalm of personal repentance and renewal. It's an urgent petition before God. David has uh, committed a sin with Bathsheba. He's been discovered and found out. And he could have chosen to resolve it different ways, but he chose to ask for forgiveness of himself. And then he also refers to some community parts of this psalm, which we'll get into in a few moments. This is one of the seven penitential psalms, there are seven of them that are really sorrowful, really repented, really uh, a space of lament where David expresses an overwhelming uh, shame and guilt that he's experienced. It is also a psalm of contrition, uh, contrition and a prayer for restoration. So he doesn't just stay wallowing in his pity and his shame. At this point, David's not questioning God. His soul is deeply aware of his sin of offending God and his desperate need for God's grace. This psalm is structured to have a personal concern of David, but not it doesn't just live in the personal. It also moves to the community at large. So as we continue forward with this psalm, David recognizes and he says that these issues are in front of me, they're beside me, they're behind me, and I need a heart change. Only a heart change would work. He begins specifically with three matters of the heart. He first speaks about transgressions, 
Then he talks about iniquities and he talks about sins. And we're going to take a look at all three of those. So he first begins with transgressions. Now, that word transgression is a, is a heavy word that we don't use as much today. In fact, we kind of soften our, our transgressions. So for instance, when if we're involved in a situation where we haven't quite told the truth, we'll say to someone, if we've transgressed against them for not telling the whole truth, we say, oh, I miscommunicated some things. No, you lied. <laughs> I should say, I'll speak about me. I lied. And, and sometimes that softening of that language, David here is not softening at all. He says, I transgressed. I rebelled. I committed a willful act. And that's what a transgression is. It is a willful rebellion. And I know for me, as I've journeyed inward, I've had to own some things, some good, some bad, and some ugly things. And it's not easy. But David here says, God, I've transgressed. I willfully rebelled against you. But he doesn't just stop with a transgression. He goes on to say, I have some iniquity in me. And that iniquity speaks to some perversion. Iniquity speaks of premeditated, continual sin. David, because he's known, unfortunately, he was known as a man who really loved the ladies, had a way with the ladies. Part of uh, the scriptures say that in order to know that King David was really dead, they put a woman in his room just to see how he would respond. That brother had a way with the ladies. So I mean, he was a good looking man as well. So that didn't help it. But David recognized that within his soul, in his heart, he had an iniquity. He had a place of perversion that needed to be addressed by God and God alone. And he doesn't just stop with transgressions and he doesn't just stop with sins, uh, with, with uh, iniquities. He says, I sin. I had some sins. I missed the mark. God, I missed it. To sin, to miss the mark. And we sin against God. We also sin against people. We, we, we variant. We move away from what's right and we move into what is wrong. That's why I love the book of Proverbs, because it talks about the wisdom and the foolishness. And sometimes we live in foolishness. We live in folly instead of following after what's wise. And David acknowledges, look, I varied. I, I left what was right. I missed the mark. When this was discovered through an open rebuke from Nathan the prophet, David did not just say, oh, thanks. That was good information. See, sometimes we are woefully unaware of what's inside of our heart. Sometimes we are aware and sometimes we're not aware. And it takes other people to point out to us, uh, that is not good. That is incorrect. Or you, need, you might want to take a look at that. Recently in the news, you may have heard the account where there was a public meeting that was taking place and a gentleman referred to another person incorrectly. He actually used a racial slur to refer to a, one of his colleagues. And midstream, one of his assistants is time out, sending him messages. That's not right. Do not say that. And he's on TV and he, he just kept going. And finally, he's like, oh, well, you know, other people say it. He tried to justify, tried to justify what he said, even though it was incorrect. While he apologized, at that moment, he was woefully unaware of what was in his heart. He's not alone. All of us have transgressions, iniquities, and sins in our heart. 
And Pete Scazzaro in Emotionally Healthy Spirituality would suggest that the way we begin to know what's in our heart is to begin to know God. As we come closer and closer and we go inward, we get to know ourselves more so that we may know God more. I believe that there are many transgressions and iniquities and sins that are in existence today and in all of our hearts. And you may say, how could you say that, Virginia? How can you make that statement? How can you make such a bold statement? Well, I would invite you to take a look at the condition of our world. Take a look at the condition of some of our families. Take a look at the condition of our communities. And worse, I would say, take a look at the condition of the church. The church, I'm saying the big C church. We are addressing some issues and we need to address some more issues in our hearts so that God's glory, so that the church can truly shine the way it needs to shine. Now, once the matters of the heart, once they're in plain view, we have some decisions to make, just as David did. We can, one, we can address what's there. We can, number two, we can choose to ignore it, the elephant in the room, let's just ignore it. We can, number three, we can also stuff it into our hearts to deal with in a later date. And that's what I had actually done. I had stuffed some issues in my heart and I said, oh, I'll deal it. It's, it's an old statement about we sweep things under the rug. We keep sweeping it under the rug. But unfortunately, if you keep sweeping things under the rug, someone eventually trips. And that's a lot of what we see going on in our world today, especially here in America. We've swept a lot of transgressions and iniquities and sins under the rug. We haven't addressed the issues of our hearts individually as well as collectively. And now we're tripping and others, innocent people are tripping. Well, David chose to acknowledge and to address what was there. He addressed it through lament and contrition and change. He chose to journey inward. He stated that, God, you love truth in the inward parts. And he invited the Lord to make him to know wisdom so he could do the right thing, do the God thing in that situation with this place of, of woeful rebellion and sin against God. He makes a few requests of the Lord here in Psalm 51. He asks for mercy. He also asks the Lord to wash him and cleanse him. He didn't just ask for forgiveness and say, oh, I'm sorry, and kept in his way. He wanted forgiveness. He wanted cleansing from that iniquity, from that transgression, from that sin. He didn't want to do it again. You see, back in the Old Testament, when you went before the priest to ask for forgiveness, you when you were declared unclean for whatever sin you may have committed, when, once you were declared unclean, you had to go and you had to offer and, and make sure that you offered a sacrifice and you needed to make sure that you had to name this is what it was. And then you had to clean yourself. You had to wash and the priest would use hyssop. It was an herb that was used for purification purposes. And once you were declared clean again, you washed and you got rid of the old clothes. You didn't keep that old stuff with you. You had to get 
get rid of it. And I think that's something we're missing today. We're not purging from the old. We're staying in it. And God is inviting us. And in fact, here, David says, God, you are my priest. You are my judge. Judge me correctly. Wash me. Cleanse me. He wanted the Lord to make him to hear joy and gladness. He asked God to hide his face from the sin he had committed. And he said to blot out his iniquities. He then asked in the verses that we're focusing on to create in him a clean heart and to renew a right spirit within him. He said, don't cast me away from your presence. I, I need your presence. As, as Moses and others have asked, Lord, your presence must go with me. If your presence doesn't go with me, I, I don't want to go because that's what separates us. And he said, that's what separates us from everybody else, the presence of the living God. And don't take your spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. David made all of these requests. He understood that all of these steps were a part of the process of dealing with the matters of the heart. I want you to understand that there's a process. It doesn't just happen overnight. It doesn't just happen because we want it to, even though we cry and even though we apologize and even though we change our ways, it's a process. We didn't get here overnight. We're not going to leave out of this place overnight. What are the matters of the heart that David chooses to focus on now? that he's repented. Now that he's said, okay, God, I see my transgressions. I see the iniquities. I see the sins. Now you've washed me. You've cleansed me. Now what do we do? David now focuses. He shifts his focus from himself to others. He says, okay, now that I am, I am where you have you need me to be the Lord God. Now I will teach transgressions, transgressors. I'm going to go back to other people who've transgressed. I'm going to go back to the other people who've sinned and who were like I was, as we're told in Ephesians that there are others who are doing like you did. And it made me pause and think, who, what were some of the things I did? Help me, Jesus. So I know someone who's dealing with low self-esteem because I dealt with it. I know someone who dealt with anger because I was there. So David says, I'm going to now go back and help transgressors. I'm going to teach them the ways of God. He then goes on to secondly say, I'm going to convert sinners because I'm not going to just leave them there. People who are sinning, people who are constantly missing the mark. I'm going to go back and help convert them so they don't miss the mark anymore, that they can now come into right alignment with God. And then he says, thirdly, I'm going to speak up for God. My tongue will sing aloud of God's righteousness. We just saw in the children's time that righteousness is justice is going to roll like a stream. And David says, I'm going to speak up. I'm going to use my tongue to sing loudly of God's righteousness. I'm not going to allow things to just go past me and not say anything. I'm going to speak aloud. Then he says, also, I'm I'm also going to speak up and show God's praises so we can say, look what the Lord has done for me. I used to think this way, but I don't think this way anymore. I now think this way. And he can show forth the wisdom of God and show forth the praises of God because he's no longer in the place of being bound. He's no longer walking in 
iniquities and trespasses and sins. And David turns from himself and he says, okay, I recognize I once was there, but I'm not there anymore. I don't want to be there anymore. Because he acknowledges, he says, God, I, I knew if you wanted a sacrifice, I, I would give you one. In the Old Testament, people could not come to church empty-handed. You could not appear before the priest. There were certain sacrifices that were required. Could you imagine today people coming to church with a goat or a turtle dove or sheep or animals? We've got all these animals in the house of the Lord, and especially with Peter and all of the other uh, agencies that are for animal protection. It would be quite a scene trying to do that now. Thank God for Christ and his sacrifice. Thank God that he paid the price once and for all. So we don't have to show up with turtle doves and pigeons and, and have heave offerings with grain and oil and thank God for his sacrifice. And because of what Christ has done, because Christ offered himself, David acknowledges, I, I don't have to do that. And this is even before Christ had passed away. David acknowledges that what God is after matters of the heart. He says, the sacrifices, the act of offering something to God, are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. David acknowledges that it's the inner space. It's the inner loyalty, the heart the place where everything flows out. That's why it's so important to know what's in our hearts. Let me say to you that this journey inward, this was not an easy journey. It was very painful. It required me to live in a faith community and I'm so grateful for my church and other strong women. I have an accountability group of women who we're able, when we meet, we put a box of tissues in the middle of the table. And when we were going out to lunch, whoever made the other person cry had to pay for lunch. That's how we resolved it. But we, we were in that much of accountability with the truth. We were that naked in our hearts. We were that real with what was going on inside of our hearts. And I believe the scripture here from David, where he's dealing with matters of the heart. He says, as Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is wicked and deceitful. Who can know it? I know at times stuff has come out of my mouth and I'm like, ooh, I, ooh where'd that come from? And I've had to pause and I'm learning. I won't say have learned. I'm still learning how to pause in that season, in that moment and say, God, talk to me. Show me what's in my heart. According to Ruth, Hallie Barton, David paid attention to what St. Ignatius of Loyola describes as consolation and desolation. So consolation is the inner movement of the heart. It's an inner movement of the heart that gives a deep sense of a life-giving connection a deep sense of a life-giving connection on three fronts. First with God, the vertical. Then with others, the horizontal. But then also a part of that horizontal is my most authentic 
self. So when you are in the place where there's clear inner movement of what's going on, first me and God, me and others, and then what's going on inside of here? So now when I sense, oh, something's not right, I can pause and say, is it with God? Is it with others? Or is it something that's going on within me? If I'm responding to my brother or my sister in a certain way, consolation requires me to ask the question, Lord, search me, try me, and know what's in my heart. Show me. And now the, the Lord has searched and he knows what's there. It's not important just for the Lord to know. It's important for us to know so that we can address what's going on inside. Then the second part of that, as Ruth Barton said, is that desolation. David was aware of desolation, that desolation is a loss of the sense of God's presence. Sometimes, as I stated earlier, some of us are woefully aware and some of us are unaware. We want God's presence to constantly be with us. Once we have addressed the matters of the heart, of our hearts, we are now positioned to help others. What matters of the heart might you need to address today? What matters? What rocks might you need to go collect from your garden or from your community? And invite the Lord to address. May we be encouraged to grow in love and with pure hearts. Can we pray together? Father, we thank you for this day and this time that you have invited us to this place. I'm grateful for Newton Covenant Church. I'm grateful for your sons and daughters, for the people that are listening from the oldest to the youngest. We are grateful for the invitation today to address the matters of our hearts. And as you do so in us, then it positions us to be able to address our families, our communities, our culture, our world. We pray today as you are calling the church of the living God to have clean hands and pure hearts. You're calling us to wisdom. May we be willing to be as David, to address the issues of our hearts, to allow your truth to reside, that we would acknowledge the lies we've believed and even the lies that we've told, that we would repent, confess, and then change and walk in newness of life. Because as we walk in the spirit, we shall not fulfill the lust of our flesh. So we thank you today for speaking. Thank you, Daddy, for loving us so much. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you will finish the work that has been started in us. Because he who began a good work in us is faithful to perform it. We bless you. We praise you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, amen.